Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health and I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast so please get in touch with us via Man on Inverclyde on social media and um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email just type in support at manoninverclyde.com and one of our wellbeing workers or volunteers will get back in touch with you. A big part of what we are trying to do here at Man on Inverclyde is effectively end the stigma and break the stigma attached to mental health. And we know that everybody has been struggling at different points. So yeah, please get in touch with us. Then if you're not on social media and you're not on emails, then our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us. If you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member or one of our staff members, our volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'm delighted to be hosting another episode of the 10 Questions show. The show where we ask a different guest on each week to answer the set 10 questions all about their time following Rangers. I'm delighted to introduce this week's guest. He's the Gallant Few's resident Cockney and the Green Man's favourite punter, Mason Stewart. How are you doing, mate? No, thanks for having me on, Colin. Uh, really looking forward to this. Um, been over them questions quite a lot, and uh, my answers changed quite a bit. So you're going to get me on a on a day where I'm picking these ones. But um, no, uh, Davey Pease is quite a tough uh, act to follow. Uh, you had on. He had some brilliant stories from following Rangers a lot longer than I've been. But um, no, I'm really looking forward to this. I mate, by the time this gets to Aaron, um, the three previous shows were David Pollock, Michael Beale, and then David Edgar for the heart and hand. So, no pressure, mate. <laughs> oh, I'm under pressure. Yeah, I'm under pressure. Uh, not, not any of them speak as well as you, mate. I'll give you that, right? Uh, <laughs> so, obviously, with the accent, Mason, you're not quite, uh, you're not quite local to Kenan Park or Ibrox. Uh, so, tell the listeners a wee bit about yourself, mate. So funny you mentioned Kinning Park. My dad was um, my dad was uh, brought up in, in Kinning Park, and um, my nan and granddad they moved down to um, his two sisters moved down to London um, when when my dad was young, and then have stayed here since in Bethnal Green. Um, and then um, I was brought up in in Plasto, um, which is right next to Upton Park. So it was a big West Ham uh, area. Um, but but I was always uh, going to be a Rangers supporter. I don't think I had had any say in that um, uh, from, from a young age. My dad and my granddad. I remember watching games with them um, from from as young as I can remember. And it has always been been Rangers for me. I know you got a lot of English based fans whose dad were born in Glasgow that you know like Chelsea. A lot of them uh, that are me as you, as you mentioned in the Green Man. Um, but it was just always always Rangers uh, for me. I've never. 
followed any uh, English team. So um, yeah, and then and then uh, after from East Ham we moved to uh, to Essex, um, and a part in Essex is also. Um, mad West Ham around here. Um, my fiance is a season ticket holder at West Ham, but I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm, I'm Rangers, and it's only been Rangers for me. Could you? I can only imagine uh, that your gaff mate, if Rangers were to draw West Ham. Um, I was actually thinking that when, obviously, we we drew Red Star Belgrade, but I was, I did fancy West Ham. Uh, I always won an English team, but I was like, oh, that's. Maybe it's for Mason's best interest that we don't get that get that draw. Do you know? Do you know what? I, I was. I really want it. I've always wanted it because I've had so much kind of stick and that you know you wouldn't be us kind of. But they're actually doing quite well at the minute. But just to go down to the London Stadium and bring the sort of support we would, that would just be unbelievable. But um, yeah, I don't think I'd talk to the missus for for a good two weeks, three <laughs> weeks, <laughs> regardless of the result. <laughs> Peace and quiet for the best part of your money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, just before we kick off with the questions, mate, I know there's, you mentioned the, the green man there. Um, it actually surprised me, like just chanty when you first came on the pod um, a couple of months ago, how, like, how big a support we have done there. And I know we've got supporters everywhere, but like the the videos you send to the green man like the fact that we need to sell tickets for the green man for an old firm game um it's it's mental honestly like you know not just uh like down here in london but every time like you know you go on holiday as well like you know as a kid going away i always remember rangers fans rangers bars it's just yeah, we're just, you know, it, you know, literally we are, you know, a massive football club. Um, but the Green Man, the first time I went there, um, it was actually a shock because it is, you know, a, a pub in Islington and it's called the Green Man. Um, and uh, I couldn't believe, you know, the amount of Rangers supporters. That was for for the semi final against Hibs. Sorry, sorry to bring that up, but um, it was it was absolutely jumping at kickoff. But yeah, as you say, the old firm games. I've only been into to one so far i'm going to to the next one um but tickets but yeah i couldn't move in there um for the last one it was it was unbelievable it's what you love to see because when it's i uh, when you you're so deeply in love with angels just like the rest is and it's hard to get to games you need that community you need that connection and I absolutely adore that about our club, and I always get annoyed at myself when I when I'm surprised to see this because it's I ain't saying it's class, but expected. Um, it's just never fails to amaze us your support, regardless of where you are. So you mentioned it at the start, mate. These ten questions, it's a killer just in that old didn't one, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I mean, I changed my mind quite a lot, but uh, on a few, but I'm, I'm, I've uh, a couple of them were, were quite easy, but. Yeah, so so when you go back and think, you know, um, some of the memories and some of the players we've had, I'm, you know, a little bit gutted, a little bit gutted when I start thinking about some of the players comparing <laughs> to what we got now. Um, growing up in the uh, early two thousands, we we were blessed with some some really good players. Ah, uh, we will, um, and so many to choose for you. I'm actually uh, the, the reason I'm so big on pushing getting different people on for the 10 questions is just to avoid me having to come on and answer it because I'm, um, I'm 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 pretty close to being the only pod that's not done it yet so uh, the more I can put that off the better but let's crack on my man question number one what's your favourite Rangers goal? 
Um, it, this was yeah, this was this is tough. You know, you go through all the goals, um, quality goals we've scored over the years. Um, Love and Crowns, um, last minute winner against Celtic come to mind. Barry Ferguson's free kick that game as well. Um, you know, there's there's you know goals in Europe, but I've gone with um, Pedro Mendes v v Celtic. Um, it was it 2000 and 2008 2008 it August was, it was yeah. after Manchester winter yeah yeah remember being on holiday actually when we we signed uh, Mendes my mate texted me and said Mendes having a medical and I was I was buzzing because I thought I remember the goals he scored for Portsmouth to keep him up the season before and they were all absolute belters and I thought it's mad that literally reading the text I thought scoring against straight away you think Mendes scoring against them do you know what I mean? Scoring one of them goals against them and then four games into the season, that's exactly what he'd done. And uh, yeah, I've actually, that day I was I was with a, a, um, a, a mad Rangers family watching it um, uh, that live local to me. And uh, I, I actually, my jaw clicked celebrating and it's still not been the same. So that is another reason why I picked them in this goal. <laughs> I love that. that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a question on here, but you've just answered what's your Rangers related injury. <laughs> it's never been the same. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that just so that that sums up your celebration there. And that, that this question is it can be anything you want, it could be the most technically brilliant goal, it could be the most important goal, it could be just how you reacted to it, but a goal at Parkhead of that quality and you've obviously you've obviously raised the roof, man. That just takes all the boxes, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, we went absolutely mental. Obviously, Miller scored two that that game as well, which was going back there and his first cut two goals for us um, since coming back. Um, and um, we weren't too happy actually when when he, we signed him at first. I don't know about yourself. Um, so, but that was a brilliant day. We absolutely smashed them that day. Daniel Kuzan ripped them to rips them to shreds, didn't he? Kuzan. Fucking unplayable when he wanted to be. Biggest piece of shit when he wanted to be as well. <laughs> yeah, 100%. If he could find consistency, he, he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been playing for Rangers. He would have been playing at a much higher level. No. But no, that's a, that's a good one to crack us off with. Um, so on to the next one, mate. Where's the strangest place you've ever watched a Rangers game? Again, this this was probably the hardest one. I think I had to sort of pick through because you start thinking about being on holiday watching Rangers, and um, I remember watching us at work, um, two thousand and twelve, two thousand and thirteen. Around that time, we played two o'clock on a Wednesday. I don't know if you remember that in the lower leagues, which that was a nightmare because that was just like, is this where we are at the minute? Um, but I've gone with um, Turkey. I was in Turkey, um, two thousand and I think it was two thousand and fourteen. First day of the season against Hearts. Uh, it was a Saturday early kickoff, but Turkey was it was a it was in the like after three o'clock in the afternoon, I think it was. And basically, Man City played Arsenal in the the Charity Shield that day. Um, so all the bars I went to were like, no, this is for the Charity Shield. So I was getting proper frustrated, and uh, I had my mate with me, um, and uh, we're walking down sort of a strip, and there was like a dark, dingy bar that no one was in. And then either side, you had City fans and Arsenal fans, and they were drinking before the, the Charity Shield game. And uh, I was like, there was they had Sky Sports, Sky Sports on. So I, I asked the guy, look, do you mind putting the Rangers game on? And he, he put it on, and he was so happy that we was in there. Because honestly, this bar was shit. <laughs> it was not good. Um, but we lost 2-1. Um, 
uh, that day. Uh, my granddad and uh, my uncle were actually at the game as well, but that was the weirdest bar. It, no one come in. It was just, and we could hear the noise either side of the, the city and Arsenal fans, and it was just like, yeah, yeah, that was that was strange. Um, that was strange. The poor owner must have been delighted that someday was daft enough to go in and fucking buy a beer, give him trade. All he yeah. had to do was put on a Scottish Championship game. <laughs> That's exactly it. You've summed it up well. My mate said to me, come, we can find better than this. I said, mate, kick off five minutes. I was desperate. Um, so, yeah, he, he was happy to keep us in there and have a couple of drinks in there. Um, but then that later that week, I actually watched the Falkirk game, uh, a bit of a busier bar. Um, which wasn't as strange, but uh, we played full cup. We beat them 1-0. Uh, Lewis McLeod's got a late deflective uh, goal, but there was an Aberdeen fan in there with his son, and they went at, they were, they wanted, I've never seen a, someone wanting the other team to win so much, and that always sticks out from that, that Turkey trip, and um, that was in the same week, so. I'm not even surprised. There you go. Aberdeen. There you go. Aberdeen. Not even in the same league as them then, do you know what I mean? I know. Like, sums them up. <laughs> oh, that's, I refuse to recognise them as rivals. It's a one-way rivalry. And no, no way. That up. No way. There we go. So we went for Pedro Mendes to an absolute dive bar in, uh, in Turkey. There we go. We're getting a bit, a bit here, mate. <laughs> so, um, for the next one, mate, I'd imagine um, that I'll, I'll even include your trips up to Ibrox because every time you come to Ibrox it's an away day for you and it's a trip but what's um, what's your best ever away trip or away day with Angels? Yeah that's that's the thing I've, I've only ever been on one um, but it was it is a belt I'll come on to that in a minute um, I, I, I want to you know follow would love to follow Rangers away you know in, in Scotland um, I've been really unlucky with the times that we've come down to, to England and around London I've been on holiday because it's always that time of pre-season the Emirates Cup I was I, I went on holiday on the Friday we had PSG and then we had Arsenal on the Sunday uh, the, the next day um, I was absolutely gutted missed that um, Ipswich I had, a, I had a game myself that night um, when, when we played Ipswich and I was meant to go to that but the game I did get to was um, Fulham in 2004 um, I don't know if you remember that Dado Perso scored an overhead kick So when I, I, I first first time I ever fell in love with a creation man <laughs> yeah, he was he was a top player for us when he Perso um, but do you know what I loved about that so much I was only 9 or 10 I think um, but the away support it was the first time that my granddad and my dad told so many stories about our away support and we were just saying about, you know, being in pubs and, and, and how big the support is. But my granddad, you know, followed Rangers, you know, years and years um, before he moved down even. You know, he told me about the Wolves game that we, you know, the Wolverhampton uh, town song that we sing. Um, he loves telling that story. And so actually seeing that away support, we had three stands that day at Craven Cottage. And it was, I've never seen anything like it. And as a 10-year-old, I was just in awe of just, because it was London as well. And I was just like, this is incredible. And it was like, you know, we went absolutely mental in the goal winning as well. It was only a pre-season friendly against Fulham, but that's what we do, isn't it? <laughs> that's what a, what a first time to witness that, because the thing way the Rangers away days are going, regardless if you're going to break and see the hedge or you're going away in Europe with them, it's, it's that carnival atmosphere and it's just everybody's there, they enjoy themselves and they're just so up for having a great day. Having that 
atmosphere come to your hometown and you don't need to travel for that, that must have been amazing, especially for your dad and your granddad as well. Yeah, it was it was yeah, it was one of them when my dad my, it was my brother's first time of my little brother's first time of, of watching Rangers live as well and he was only he would have only been six I think and he was like I think he just looked a little bit petrified because just because of the noise and but my dad was after that was like yeah I told you you know what I mean but it was I had the best day he was doing the bouncy at, uh, for about yeah twenty minutes one then up at, at the great cottage in a friendly it was brilliant honestly brilliant watching my granddad do it as well I, no it's brilliant brilliant memories amazing and. How how often do you manage to get up to, to Ibrox then? Uh, take, obviously, it would have been really difficult the last couple of years with yeah. COVID nonsense, but um, is it something you're hoping to do a bit more? Yeah, it's, it's been it's been really frustrating. Uh, I mean, I won't go into too much detail, but I used to play football um, uh, for Colchester United uh, and I got released when I was 18. I was there since I was 12. So getting up to games from 12 to 18, I couldn't because I, I was playing. Then we went, obviously, what happened to us in the lower leagues when I hit 18. So my whole, till from 27 to 28, I never see us win the top fleet, top title. Do you know what I mean? So last season, we, we parted hard. But I got up a few times in, in, in them years. But I, I, try, I try to get up twice a year, um, more if I can. Um, but, you know, we're getting at the age where, you, you know, we've moved, moved out and uh, married and we want to get a bigger play. You know, there's just always something. But um, I'd love to get on more. I really would love it. I know life gets in the way, yeah. But it's telling you maybe maybe this year West Ham in the semi finals, Rangers coming to you. It was it turned out well last time it harmed at Fulham, so Yeah. I'll I'll be moving I'll have to move up the road if that happens, by the way. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure the has already uh, offered to put you up, man, so you've got oh, a bit yeah. of a life. I well I won't I won't, if I'm with David P I won't be coming home. I'll be be staying there with him, that's for sure. <laughs> so mate. What's the funniest thing you've ever seen at a Rangers game? So yeah, this was this was difficult, uh, difficult one um, because you know picking out something funny uh, was was seen a lot of brilliant stuff. Funny was tough, but a good story uh, which was strange was um, my twenty first. My work actually paid um, as a surprise for for two tickets, flight, hotel, uh, the lot. Um, for, for me to go to Ibrox um, and I took my granddad with me but it was again we was in the, the championship it was the same season 2015 uh, season uh, and it was against Hearts that was the second game at Ibrox uh, 16th of Jan I don't know if he was at, at the game Colin but um, there was protests going on it was it was absolute mayhem someone it wasn't a happy place that day it was oh, not honestly it was like yeah, someone had a go at me and my granddad on the way there because we were going to Ibrox because, you know, there was boycotts going on. It just, yeah, as you said, it was horrible. Um, but I, that was, uh, the, the time before that was about three, four years that I, I was at Ibrox and Ibrox had really run down that night and it was it was actually quite quite sad. All the pubs, I remember being a kid going up, loving all the pubs outside Ibrox, you know, the colours everywhere. It just looked really, it was a, it was a horrible night. But but the, the story of it was we, we, got the, we got the flat up during the day because it was a Friday night game. So we got, we got, we got the flat up on the Friday morning the flat kept getting delayed for hours so we ended up getting get up till quite late and then we met my my uncle my granddad's brother we met him in a pub that the red line it's not there anymore um so we went into the pub there was no snow so we was in the pub for about two two and a half hours we come out and no light it was two three feet of snow and i was like we had to walk to Ibrox to Ibrox from them and i said <laughs> this game ain't happening do you know what i mean it, it, this game is not going ahead 
Um, we managed to make it to Abrock just. Um, as soon as we sat down, the game was on for 20 minutes and then it got abandoned. And I just sat there in just disbelief, just like, that could only happen to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was unbelievable. Like, you know, my mates couldn't believe it who lived down here. They Because if the game was on BT, they just said, I do not believe it. As luck. Like, no way. So as a present for your work, you go phone up. Yeah. Given the two tickets and it was fucking abandoned. <laughs> and, and, and tell me the last time a game was ever abandoned, like at Ibrox. They just don't, you know. We they always go unless unless something serious, you know. Um, it was incredible. Honestly, I could not, couldn't. Make, I just sat in the seat for about half hour after, just like I don't believe this. But brilliant story to tell now. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's far away enough that we can laugh and joke about it in the way, but I think that was a sore one for a while. Ah, oh, it was. It was. Honestly, we, yeah, yeah, it was for weeks after. Um, but it was just, you know what it was? The, the, we, me and my granddad, the first thing we said when we won the league last season, we went back to that, the flight home. We sat there talking about, you know, what can happen to, to you know, who can come in and what players we need to sign and, and things like that. And yeah, we, as you said, we can laugh about it now and it's something that, that we, we always go back to and, uh, you know, things can't get any worse than that, that's for sure. <laughs> Aye, the only way is up for there, mate. 100%. So, next shot of questions about the Rangers players, mate. Um, Starting the loan, we'll work our way up. Um, who's the, the one Rangers player who you didn't rate, you couldn't take to, but everybody else seemed to love? Um, I don't know. I don't know if you you really loved him. I've gone with uh, Daniel Candias. Uh, he was a big fan favourite. Was he? Well, I was a big favourite. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm interested to hear why I'm wrong. Um, do you know what I? Uh, I worked with uh, when he was with us. I worked with a, a Rangers supporter who, who absolutely adored him, loved him. Um, my dad went on holiday. Um, and he come back and he said he bumped into a couple of Rangers supporters and he said they both loved Candias and we, me and my dad weren't ever big fans of Candias. We both agreed. I think I, I just didn't. I just didn't think he was good enough for us, mate. To be honest, I think I think do you know what it was. I think it was one of the Celtic games we played them there and he absolutely bottled a fifty-fifty against Tierney and Tierney gave him in his face like pelters and he he shit himself and I've never forgiven for that to be honest. Um, I couldn't. I, I just didn't think he was good enough either. To be fair, with his you know goals and assists, things like that, I just I wasn't a fan, mate. I've got to be honest. No, see, looking back, and I do remember speaking to people at the time you weren't alone, and um, I think you were definitely in the minority that you didn't rate him, but you weren't alone. And I do remember the argument making sense that you know that he's no the quality that we need at that point, and I think what probably what myself and a lot of fans would have took to is his application and his effort. So that Tierney bottle job uh, aside, you always got the absolute maximum effort and that sounds really bad. But at that time, we were clutching at straws looking yeah. for some sort of positive. So the the fact that that was one of the very few positive traits in any of the players, it probably elevated them a bit more than what it should have. Yeah, no, you've hit that now on the head there. You've, you've actually, yeah, he did. He did some games, he did. He didn't stop running and... And things like that, but I'm just, you know, but I just watched the, the quality. There'd be some games we weren't great at the time, but you know, get he'd have so much time to pick out a cross or get a shot on goal, and it was just lacked it. And yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of Can- Daniel Candias. Um, sorry, <laughs> no, that's fair enough, man. Completely fair enough. Um, on a happier note, who would you present the Sasa Papach award to? So 
This goes to your Rangers unsung hero, named after the the classic seven out of ten fullback. It can be Papach himself, though. You give it to. Yeah, this was another one that took me a, a really long time to sort of, you know, um, you know, think about because I feel like as a support, generally we all have the same thoughts on on players. I think we all like the ones that you know do well for us and the ones that don't really do it. We, we tend we to part. make our mind very quickly. Don't we, we we are such a judgmental support. Um, we really are. I noticed that you know living down here around Arsenal, West Ham, Tottenham, Chelsea fans, they can take six months before they make their mind up on a player. See us after. 30 minutes, I'm going, no, you shit. <laughs> you know, and, and that's it, isn't it? Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you if you can get it, right? We signed him in 2001 from Ajax for 3 million. He scored 44 goals in 95 games for us. Is that Avalazzi? Yeah. I love Avalazzi. I love Avalazzi. Absolutely quality player. Um, a little bit controversial, maybe putting him for the Sasa Papach award because Avalazzi was top. But when we talk about 2002, 2003, my favourite Rangers team, that team was, and the Mad Things weren't even in Europe that season. That that team for me was, I loved it. But I never, when, when I hear people talking about it, they never really talk about Avalazzi. It's more of Ronald DeBoer, another player I absolutely love. Um, Neil McCann, Lovin Kranz, Moles, Kanija. You know, Avalazzi was top. As I said, 44 goals in 95 games for us. That's some going. You're right. It's it's weird. For the most part, players will be remembered more fondly as time goes on. But I think we have Ladsy, we do forget his contribution. And I actually remember, um, I can't remember when, I think it was when we first started the podcast. I think we tried to do McLeish's best 11 um, who, who served under him. And see, so talk about the forwards. And I think Avaladze and Kinija and eventually maybe Moles and Lovengrants as well. I think they'll be forgotten about, not forgotten about, but I think it'll be harder to remember how good they were in time because there was so many who were putting in like such a de- decent effort. That, that's the thing at the time you got to remember. I mean, I remember being a kid and even before that with Alberts, loved Alberts um, and, and the teams we had early 2000 under Advocat. We had some like, we were getting players that Man United couldn't, you know, they were coming to us instead of going there. That's that's the type of players we were signing. Just named there, like Lovin Kranz, Kanija. Kanija was like backup that season. Do you know what I mean? He only he come on to score goals against Dunfermline. Like, we, we yeah, the, the amount of players, and as I've got older, it's been harder to accept, I think. Um, it must be even harder for my dad and, and the likes of your dad and, and so on because the players that they've seen, you know, um, but, you know, yeah. Ronald De Boer was a first-team player for Barcelona and we signed them. That I can't comprehend that. That's like we couldn't sign fucking John Suit off the hearts in January and they seen they seen us signing a Barcelona midfielder. I know, that's the thing, isn't it? Like I love hearing the stories. I love it when my dad tells me about them because I just I get jealous. I love I love it when my dad talks about Leeds ninety two, ninety three and what that was like for him, him living down here. Um and, 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 you know, completely written off and, and the players we even we had then. I love watching. I just love watching all that, you know, watching all the documentaries and then um, I, I, as much as I love it, I get jealous <laughs> because, you know, as I've said earlier, 10 years of Ian Black and, you know, players like that. So, um, but sure, Avalazzi, what, what player he was. Yeah, but one one thing I just want to mention about Avalazzi, and I remember saying this at the time, um, and it's easy to say in hindsight, but honestly, if MDW is with me, I wasn't talking shit. I still stand by it. 
I said it the year after, and I still say it now. We should not have sold Adelazzi when we did. The reason being, we were desperate to find the perfect partner for Dado Purcell. And Avalazzi was injured for most of the season. We let him go and he went and became the top goal scorer in Holland. In fact, I think he was like second top goal scorer in Europe that year. Yeah. Um, I, I, I fit shot Avalazzi with Dado Purcell in his last season. We, that would have been an unformidable strike force. Yeah, oh, that another, yeah, Darryl, I know we said about him earlier. Fulham, he was he was top draw. I wish we got him a little bit younger uh, as well. We got him. He only had one knee when he actually came to us, and look how good he was for someone that was like just a warrior. But he was technically unreal. But so was Avalazzi, left foot, right foot. Um, but to be fair, we we, we partnered uh, Persa with Novo when when Avalazzi left, didn't we? So in the end, that didn't work too bad for us. Um, but yeah, I'd love to have seen him stay a little bit longer too. And uh, I, I know I said it last time, but I'd, I can't believe I, I didn't open with this. His dancing, Avalazzi's dancing. You ever seen the gifts of it? It's um, just this crazy, crazy Eastern European jive. It's fucking. Brilliant. I remember watching uh, Soccer AM and uh, years ago, and Charlie Adam put him in his Avalazzi in his best eleven, and he mentioned the dancing. He said he used to room with him, and he said he was an absolute. Nutter. He said he used to watch Godfather like on repeat in the room before games. Don't you just love him even more? Do you know what I mean? Like, what a man! I'd love to, I'd love to meet Avalazzi. Uh, <laughs> I can just imagine him kicking about the training ground. Now. I knew it was you, Fredo, and then doing a <laughs> yeah. or whatever. It um, looks a bit like Fredo. To be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, uh, good choice for that, mate. Good choice. Uh, I, I, Felt a wee bit attacked when you said Daniel Candias for question number five, but but back to being pals now. We agree with that. <laughs> uh, so the next one, mate. Um, again, this is always open to your interpretation. Um, it could be something that you miss, something that you just wish never happened, or something that should have happened. What's your biggest Rangers regret? Um. Yeah, this, there's a few here. The obvious one, obviously, everything that happened to us in 2012, if you take that back in a heartbeat, we all would. Um, but I feel like that that's that's a bit of a, a safe answer. Um, but I've gone with uh, to win UEFA Cup final in 2008. Um, yeah, that was just unbelievable. Like, Imagine winning a European trophy in, in our lifetime. That, that, that couldn't be topped. Um, so that's it for me. I'm I'm still shocked that I, I got to see Rangers playing a European final in my life, lifetime. I never thought that. Man. You know, I generally, if I'm hand in my heart, I don't know how the conference league will play, but I don't realistically see it happening again either. And sorry, if, uh, I know I'm usually glass half full on this pod, but you know, getting the chance to to see that, I've never been so so proud of my team, but it still stings to think about it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like that whole see that whole season, that whole European campaign. Like uh, the truth, obviously in the Champions League, Champions League before that as well. The Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, some of the results we got then. Um, but I missed a lot of the Champions League games, and it was the Thursday nights. Me, my dad, and my granddad, my brother, all watching it at, at, at home. We watched every European game that 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 campaign in in in, in uh, UEFA Cup. But the final, I decided last minute to go and watch it with my mates. And that is that is another regret I've got. I wish I know we lost, but I just wish I stayed watching it with my dad and granddad because there's a chance that I'll, you know, well, I doubt we'll ever get to that to happen again. So that is on top of not winning it. I wish, I, even though we didn't, I wish I watched it with him. Um, 
But uh, yeah, a bit in, in Manchester as well. I, I begged my dad for weeks to, to take me to Manchester. We didn't have tickets, obviously, but just to just to be there. But you know, I'm kind of glad we didn't look in at what happened sort of after. Ah, uh, you definitely wouldn't have got to have seen the game. Um, no, no. Well, we 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 still blaming the Chelsea fans, so you would have got the blame uh, for it with that accent. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Everyone jumps on the bandwagon. That's the only thing about it. if we did get West Ham. Talking about that earlier, that's that's a bit of a worry, I think. Um, but but yeah, just seeing that support in Manchester as well, it just makes you so proud, doesn't it? Aye, unreal. It's they'll never forget. And I'm so glad they go to see it like yourself. But if only. If only. Um, so, on a, on a happier note, mate, what's your favourite Rangers song? Yeah, this was another one that actually took me took me a while to kind of uh, pick one. I used to love Follow Follow as a kid. Like, I, I, I don't know if, if you used to say, maybe a bit, bit older than me, but I had the uh, the album, the Follow Follow album, and I used to play that before school, primary school, and my mum used to go absolutely mental because I'd just play Follow Follow and repeat. But I think the one as I've got older, probably the Blue Sea of Ibrox, um, because I always remember the first time I went to Ibrox. I think we all, we all remember the first time we go to Ibrox, and it's exactly that. I just was like, yeah, I was. I think I was seven or eight um, uh, against against Celtic. We we actually lost the game two one, um, two thousand two two thousand three season. Um, but the yeah, just just seeing the support, the colours, like, and I think that song sort of sums it up. But uh, I haven't sailed the seven seas, mind you, but um, that would take some beating, I think. And I quite like. I quite like how they do it just before kick off and see when the crowd's really up for it. And you know, we we can be a tough crowd at times. We really can, but see when we're on our on our on our game, there's nobody to beat us in the world. So see when they 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 play it after simply the best, and the ref goes and puts the the ball in the center circle. Then the music cuts just before the chorus, and it belts out, and you hear it echoing. Honestly, I've got the fire in my belly, Mason, just thinking about it now. It's unreal. No, it's, it's the best song before kickoff for me as well. N- not on top of the song, but yeah, I, I prefer it. Simply best. Simply the best is, you know, something we've had for years. But I, I do like it when Blue Sea of Ibrox uh, comes on just before. I agree, I think. Uh, especially when, it, yeah, as you say, the crowd's up for it. That noise and, yes, yeah, it's, it's a really, really good song. Aye. Love it. Um, is, we're definitely getting uh, getting more of an impact playing that before kick off than Penny Arcade. That um, that's a that's one for the like the four o'clock at whose party after we've been Celtic <laughs> or something. That you stick out. Yeah, Joe. Uh, yeah, my, my dad and granddad love Penny Arcade. Like if we have family parties and all that, they they love Penny Arcade. But I can kind of understand. I suppose where you know you go to every game, it's a bit different. That that got played over the top, didn't it? Penny Arcade okay for a few years, so yeah, I kind of get you on that one. I, I think it's um, when they were doing one of the early pushes for like all the stupid songs we were singing. So I, <laughs> I don't think they meant to do it, but they actually probably tried to just kill us with Penny Arcade to try and brainwash us. I think there is no other song you can listen to because it was only like five, six times a game. At least, uh, if there's one word, one song in the world that we know all the song, all the words to, it's Penny Arcade. There you go. So, mate, we spoke about your biggest Rangers regret, but let's go to the other side of that, mate. If you could relive one Rangers moment or day in your lifetime, what would it be? Oh, 
again, this was this was really tough because you think back to you know helicopter Sunday, um, Easter Road. I was only I was only yeah young at the time. I was actually at football tournament that day, and uh, one of the Celtic supporters in our team. Uh, he, he, he supported an English team, but he really liked Celtic. Um, he told me Rangers won the league, and I told him to basically fuck off because I didn't believe he's on the wind up. I didn't believe that day that they, that we would win. That I just thought they'd beat my world. That was it. And he was gutted, and he was like, "No, look, I'm telling the truth." And I looked, and I see my dad on the phone, and he was basically in tears, like he couldn't believe it. Um, but I was a bit young then, so uh, you know. And then there's plenty more Dunfermline last day of the season, brilliant. But again, a bit young. But the game I went for was the same as Davy P. I went for the Ryan Jack, um, 29th of December 2018. I was there. Um, I took my my fiance, and as I said, she's a season ticket of West Ham. She could not believe. I told her she could not believe the noise that day. It was absolutely. It's giving me goosebumps actually thinking about it. It was. Oh, it was the. It, I had the best day. Like, it was. But that was the day where I got that sense of we're back. You know, we needed to beat them that day, um, and they they were flying at the time as well. And uh, we, if we didn't win that day, the league was over because they'd have gone, I think, seven points clear of a game in hand. So it was, it would have been done. All right, they went and won the league that year anyway. But it was just we needed to win it. Um, but Ibrox that day was, uh, oh, oh, mate, I could, if I wish I could live that day every day, that was brilliant. I've seen some atmospheres at Ibrox, um, whether it's European nights or old firms or. Yeah, I just like the the days you mentioned, like the development game, but I, it's you're hard pushed to think uh, a more a more electric atmosphere, especially even after full time. Um, it's just felt different. And I know we didn't win the league that year, but it's just when we, I, I think even now we're starting to see in Gerard's era the milestones that we were hitting each season. So when we talk about uh, my best friend Michael Beale, he spoke about the UFA game, uh, getting into the Europa League group stage. That was a milestone beating Celtic for the first time at Ibrox. That was, that was huge and that's going to be a bigger game than what we realise. The more the year's drawn, we will look back at that day and that's the day we knew we could we could match them because for so long we we never had, at times it felt like we'd never get back in a level playing field. No, that there was days. Oh, I know it sounds bad saying this. There was days before that when we went there and we were three 0 down at half time. They won the league that day. They beat us five 0 They scored the first goal and I turned it off and I went to the gym and I was like so angry. I just thought I just need to. Get my, you know, but I went in the gym and there was the Sky Sports was on. It was on everywhere, so I was, I just felt like I couldn't. It was just like, when are we have, when are we going to start competing and beating them again? Um, but yeah, that day was like I, we scored. I ended up three rows below. I'm not going to lie. Um, people were cuddling you after the game. The buzz, just the buzz. You know, we got the the, the, the subway back to to, to to Glasgow after, and oh, it was like it was just incredible. Um, I fell asleep early that night because I was just mentally shattered. It was like I played the game. You know what I mean? That's what it gets you feeling like. Um, but what? Yeah, I, as you say, that was the day that that was a milestone that that we really needed to 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 do. It's, uh, it's something that we don't talk about often enough. How mentally draining an old firm day is, regardless of the result, because <laughs> that was the longest second half in my life. Um, just you know, watching the game back the next day with a fresh pair of eyes, we played really well, and Celtic didn't look like getting back in there. But it never feels like that on the day. No, the, we played. As I said, we played. I think Halliday smashed someone a minute in, and that set the tone. 
Um, we were we were brilliant. We we should have actually done three or four nil that day. Um, but I don't know. Again, Halliday. I think last ten minutes, uh, Cham for them hits a shot and Halliday blocks it, and I was sort of right behind it. And I thought that's in. That's 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 in. And it was just. But it was just one of them days. We were just brilliant from from start to finish. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was an incredible day. Yeah, that was that was a, a good choice you've taken there, mate. For the 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 day you go back and do it all over again. So, final question, mate. Um, two answers are done for you. Um, if you can go for a drink, if you can invite down to the Green Man one one Wednesday night, uh, it's, you've, you've assured me it's a lovely local, even when Rangers are only playing. If you can take down one Rangers manager and one Rangers player, past or present, dead or alive, who would it be? Um, this, I think everyone's going to have similar answers for this one. Um, but uh, first of all, I went with Walt Smith. Um, because he is, I always, even as a kid, even when we had um, Advocate McLeish, um, he, he was always the Rangers manager. Um, even uh, yeah, even when I was five or six, just looked at him and that there's the Rangers manager. Um, and already I know um, he's going to be the best Rangers manager I've ever seen. Yeah, I just you just know it. It's something that you you, you know it, it is what it is. He, he was just one of a kind, um, and he's. Obviously, I remember him more for his second spell than, than than people older. But the way he sort of changed us, and then as you said, he got to he got us to a UEFA Cup final with two transfer windows, and 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 we didn't spend a fortune, you know. But Smith just had that eye for a player, um, and I know we've been talking about it lately on the pod being in a title race and what it's like. I always felt comfortable when Smith was in charge because we had Smith. Do you know what I mean? It was like he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah, absolutely. We were devastated when when he when he passed away. Absolutely devastated because it was like never met him, but it was like he was the Godfather. Do you know what I mean? He was the main man. So uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, I really as soon as you said Walter Smith, you could have said it there, and I would have needed I wouldn't have needed any more explanation. He's just that overarching modern day father figure of Rangers, and he doesn't just epitomise the success of the club but see, I know how cheesy and cliche this sounds but see when we talk about what a good ranger is and the, the personal qualities um, hard working you know kind warm to your teammates just a good person but determined as well um, it was all of that it, it, it was rangers personified um, before you even began talking about a football game he was do you know another thing as well always smart and it's same with Sunis. They just, you know, it just sums us up. Smart, you know what I mean? You look at the other side, and they're completely, definitely not that. Um, but that was Walter Smith. He was, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, guided. And that, that you can't say it feels weird saying, you know, alive or not alive. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah, legend. Aye, absolutely. So, who would they be the Rangers player accompanying Tim? <laughs> Again, this was tough. We spoke about the ball earlier. I loved Barry Ferguson as a player when I was young. I'd literally watch Ferguson videos on repeat. Like, you know, but as I've got a bit older and you listen to him in the media and things like that, love him, but I can't have a pint with Ferguson. I'm not sure. Love Sooness was another one, but Ali McQuist. It's got to be McQuist. Um, little bit, little bit before my time playing, but um, anytime he's on the telly, you just, you know, you just want to listen to what he's got to say. Stories on Talksport. Um, you know, he is again. He's one of a kind. Uh, as I said about Walter Smith, the, the Rangers manager, Ali McCoy is the Rangers striker, and it so the duo. 
and I told you, I'm only a couple of years older than you, but my earliest memories of Alan McCroist is being on question of sport. Um, but I still knew him as the Ranger striker. Um, it's it's just bizarre, isn't it? And that's just that's the gravity of the player he was and the icon in the club. And you know, uh, it's I'd be hard pushed. I could open this question up to anybody in football, any player in football, and McCroist is really be up there with a shout for most people. He's just. The personality, even as a commentator, um, now he's just somebody you want to you want to hear and want to be around, and you just I don't know, you, you could listen to talk for forever. Forever. Um, do you know what's funny? That I say all my mates um, follow teams in England, but they always when they're ever on there on Amazon, they're like, I hope we get my quest as a commentator, and they have no sort of allegiance to. They're not just saying it because I'm a Rangers fan. They generally love listening to him. Um, so that just sums him up, doesn't it? I absolutely love these wee buzzwords and catchphrases like, oh, let me tell you, I, I have to tell you, he's, <laughs> he's just so passionate about football, isn't he? He could yeah. be watching he could be watching an under-12 five-a-side game and he'd be, oh, fantastic. Oh. Yeah, he's, he, he, was on the, he was on the FIFA as well, wasn't he? I remember that as a kid, he'd been on FIFA as well. Like, absolutely loved him before I even properly knew who he was <laughs> as a kid, but... Uh, yeah, he's he's top draw. Um, uh, I did, you know, I shouldn't have had this in, but when he was manager, I did want him to go. Um, so I hope if he if he ever gets this, he he, he forgives me for that at least. Yeah, I don't think you're alone in that one, mate. Um, <laughs> you may have been in the minority with Daniel Kandays, but certainly not with me. But know what? It's testament to his character and his legendary status as a player that we can separate the two. Because if there's anybody yeah. else, I mean, I dare say. I don't know. We spoke about Dado Parshall, Michael Moles, folk who were great strikers for Rangers, but nowhere near the Alan McCoy's league. If they came back as manager and had a howler, that's that reputation's going to be tarnished, most likely. Yes. No way, Michael. No, no, he couldn't. He couldn't. I, I, he left and, and just, you know, loved him, you know, just, just for what you just, then you start thinking what he'd done for the club um, all them years, you know, you start thinking, hold on a minute, you know, he, he might not be the man to take us forward, but. Yeah, you gotta love McQuest. You gotta love him. Brilliant, well, Mason, that brings us to the end of the ten questions, mate. They they weren't too bad, were they? No, nah, no, nah, it was good. It was good fun. Um, it was good sort of trying to work them out and uh, going through them. I, I really, really enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on again. Really, really enjoyed that. No, it's an absolute pleasure, mate. And you know, I I, I say it all the time, I just love hearing like you. You get maybe apart from the tenth question because that's uh, becoming a bit of a theme, but you get for the most part nine different answers, um, and it's just um, I, I was looking forward to this, just hearing your experience, what watching from afar, from down south, um, and you no know, one thing that's really stood out, Mason, and I and I love it mainly because. I started going to the football with, with my dad and my uncle, right? and my uncle passed away and it's still with my dad and she just talked about the moments you've had with your dad, your brother, your granddad as well That to me that's what Rangers is all about it's more than a football club, it's, it's a family connection, it's a way it's a, it's a means to bond and I'm glad that you're still getting that even though you're, you know, the other end of the country Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's one thing, I, I don't have it my mates don't really have it. They're, obviously, their dad support the same team, things like that, but they don't. When my mates come around or, or you know, fiancé, whatever, they come around to my, all we talk about is Rangers if we're all there for hours. Like, you know, my mum gets the ump as well. She's like, look, you've got to 
you know, talk about something else. It's just, I can't, you know, it's just constant. Um, and I can't, I can't explain that. And my mates have been around my house and they're like, all right, mate, struck it out now. Come, let's talk about something else. But it's just, it's just in us. That's what we, that's what we love. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, I do, I, I, as a kid, I always used to think, oh, like, I wish I could go, you know, week in, week out to the games, but um, we don't miss a game when, 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 when we're on, we all, we all watch it together. So, um, no, it's brilliant, when, especially when we're doing well. <laughs> Aye, the last, <laughs> the last year or so must have been a lot nicer for you, so I'm glad you're getting that, mate. Yeah, finally. Finally. <laughs> and well, mate, continue, and in that note, yes. that's, a, that's a great time to finish up. Um, so, again, listeners, as always, give us a shout, get in touch. We want to hear you come on and talk about your time following Rangers. Everybody's got a story to tell. Just get in touch with the Garden Few and tell. And let's talk about aye, your 10 questions. Mason, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me on again, Colin. Really, really appreciate that. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, just before I do go, just a shout, little shout out to the Green Man. They've got a new membership there, uh, the London Loyal on Twitter. So uh, anyone that's in London listening or, or wants to come down uh, to become a member, go in and, and speak to the guys there. And uh, yeah, get in there because it is it's really good on a Rangers game. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Mason's agreed to buy the, the first 100 uh, members, um, first 100 new members a pint, so get in early, boys. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> thank, thank you all for listening. Take care. We are the people.